Welcome to Virgin Territory, a podcast brought to you by SHIP. Each episode brings you new guests and new topics. We ask all the questions you are dying to know, from dating, sexual education and wellness, to kink, polyamory, and everything in between. Now please welcome your host, Vima Manfredo. Welcome back, everyone. As you may guess, I sound a little bit different because this is the first time in two, maybe three years that we're filming, recording in person. And to commemorate this momentous event, I have the wonderful and amazing Michelle here with me. Welcome. Thank you. So uh, I'm Michelle Mooney, right? That's who I am. Uh, Using she, her pronouns, I am the vice chair of the board for SHIP. Uh, and I do a bunch of other cool stuff, but really the only thing that's really relevant to this conversation is that I'm the vice chair of the board for ship. Uh, I like cats, long walks on the beach. Yeah. And I'm queer. I queer and fat. And those are relevant to also today's conversation. And, and I want to mention to an amazing cook because I ate at her house the other day and it was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I would like to thank Trader Joe's for providing that chicken. (laughs) I did little work because of that. We're not sponsored, but we should be sponsored by Trader Joe's. Yeah, Trader Joe's, get at us. (laughs) So we wanted to talk about a really important topic. Um, So do you want to walk us through your thoughts? Yeah, so... uh, as I mentioned, I'm queer, fat, you know, and I exist in this space. And today I thought we wanted to talk a little bit about what it means um, to exist as a as a fat person kind of in this world and fat phobia and sex ed and sexuality and really the the how those intersect or maybe lack of intersection, how they probably ha- need to have more intersection. Um, and I think that's today's conversation, right? Am I doing this right? <laughs> no, yeah, this this is great. This is perfect. We we have our lives together, um, but I think we should start with defining what is fat phobia. Yeah. So, uh, my favorite definition actually comes from Boston Medical Center. I think that they do a really great job, largely because that they, in their definition, they identify fat phobia as a system of impression and oppression. Sorry, oppression. I can words. And I think it's important that we recognize that fat phobia is also used to keep people down, but it also intersects with racism, misogyny, classism, capital, like capitalism, right? When all of these intersect and then you have this really racist, racist, misogynistic system of oppression that is intersecting with fat phobia, right? You just like create even more barriers. I also want to recognize that like I am a cis white person and so my viewpoint is that of a queer cis white person existing in this space. I'm not here to break down what it means to have, be racist and have fat phobia, fat phobic views and what it means to have all of these things intersect. I just want to recognize that all of them kind of come together and that like it makes this really intense system of impression of opp- oppression. Um, and so I'm going to read to you Boston Medical Center's definition of fat phobia. So uh, they also identify it as anti-fat and it's the implicit and explicit bias of overweight individuals as that is rooted in the sense of blame and presumed moral failing. Being overweight and or fat is highly stigmatized in Western culture. 
Anti-fatness is intrinsically linked to anti-blackness, racism, classism, misogyny, and many other systems of oppression. Anti-fatness contributes to individuals not receiving adequate health care for a number of reasons. The assumption is that if somebody is overweight, they can't be healthy. Clinical care teams uh, typically lack experience in treating diverse populations. And weight-related structural barriers, for example, the size of exam tables, gowns, blood pressure cuffs, and scale limits also contribute to this uh, inability to receive good and comprehensive and equitable uh, health care. And that is all from Boston Medical Center. So, uh, yeah, I think it's really important that we recognize the definition, but also know that we're not here to break down that definition further because we don't have enough time. <laughs> right. It will, it will take about 17,000 episodes to go through all yeah, of that. We could do just a whole season on fat phobia in the intersection of healthcare and how we just continue to shit on people. <laughs> non-consensually. Yeah, non-consensually <laughs> shit on people. Um, however, I did want I did wanted to touch on the intersection of fat phobia and racism because the modern mm-hmm. and as a person of color but not as a person that is fat, um, I have a different point of view. And I'm trying to merge yours and mine into one. Yeah. Um, but the modern fat phobia, the modern ways that fat phobia shows up in our society stem from racism, from right. oppressing black women's bodies because they were deemed voluptuous and that was a sin. Um, and it was that part of oppression of black women that grew into what is fat phobia today and right. stemmed from that. Right. Essentially, if you were like thicker in any way, right? If you had a booty, if you had bigger hips, if you had a bigger chest, right? And I think that this isn't just for women either, right? This is also for men and non-binary folks. If you had any of these things that were thicker than, uh, and sorry, I don't want to leave out trans people, you know, trans people in this conversation, if you had a body type that was non-conforming to like this thin standard, and it wasn't always this way, right? Like we can go back and we can look at generations of like uh, Greek sculptures in which, you know, thick thighs and voluptuous bellies and, you know, big bosoms were like the ideal standard because that meant you could bear children. And that was super important to them then. Um, And at some point we abandoned those ideals. uh, And that's okay because I'm not looking to bear children, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Abandon those ideals anyways. Um, But you're right. Like all of that has come back to, we've all, we've said, well, if you're still thick, if you're not thin, it per society standard, and specifically this is really targeted at people of color, uh, then of course you're, you're not, you have no value to us. Right. So it's great. (laughs) It's fantastic. 10 out of 10. (laughs) We're going to have a great time today. Yeah. Um, But coming back to sexuality, let's go, let's come back to the 21st century. I just wanted to make sure to mention um the roots of the problem um and like you said we can't solve it right now but we can talk about fat phobia in sexuality spaces and how that shows up for folks yeah i i think that this is the thing that you constantly irks me is like this idea that if you're fat that you're not having sex uh because when you look at like this portrayal in media right and i when we look at this portrayal of fat people in media, what we see are fat people are the brunt of the joke or they're the person to who needs fixing. And I'm going to call um, 
Rebel Wilson out here uh, <laughs> who like, and I'm not shaming on her for like owning her body and doing what she wants. But like, I will say that it's really tough as somebody who like, I love Rebel Wilson, but also like a lot of the roles that she played were people who needed fixing or were like the fat person who was the blunt of the, the brunt of the joke. And that's really tough to see because what is that supposed to make me feel? It's make, supposed to make me as a fat person feel that I am a joke. I am in need, desperate need of fixing by my friends, by my family, by the people I love, by my healthcare system. Or there's this really great article and I never can find it. So if anybody knows it and finds it, please send it to me, Michelle at weknowship.org, because I'm desperate to find it again, to be able to cite it accurately. There's this really great article that talks about um, if you are a fat person and uh, sorry, not if you're a fat person, that children consuming books when they are younger um, typically see fat people represented as the bully. And so they tend to start to fear, and this is also done with people of color and black indigenous people as well. They tend to be the bullies represented in, in books and movies and Disney movies and blah, blah, blah. Um, and it's so irritating, but like you're taught that you are this thing to be feared and thus should one, you should never be fat, but also that fat people are bullies. And so it's like, well, so now I'm not only told that I'm not worthy of value, but also I'm not having sex. And that's not true. <laughs> Uh, but also that I am meant to be feared, not just by society, but by specifically children. Um, and that really sucks. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, we can swear on this podcast. Um, I'm waiting for later when I want to use a lot of uh, F words. <laughs> I'm trying to disperse my swearity. <laughs> so moving, moving from media... Most media represents fat people as either needing help, being the butt of the joke, being the bully, um, or just being a one-dimensional character. Yeah. Uh, have you seen any examples of where the opposite is true, where you see this character that goes like, that is the kind of representation that we need? Yeah, I often, I, and I, forgive me because I was trying, I was thinking about looking this up before I came here today, but there was that show that was on Hulu um, with uh, the comedian from SNL. Uh, Shrill? <laughs> Shrill, thank you. <laughs> I keep wanting to call it Shriek. And I'm like... <laughs> it's close enough. It's close enough. <laughs> it's not it. I think that that is a, a good enough representation Um, I really like it because she's out there trying to have sex. She's trying to reclaim her body. Um, I think, and there's a book that goes with it. There's also, um, and you'll have to, once again, forgive me because I didn't do my homework on this front before I came here. There's this book that was recently written by an author about a woman who is, and they cite her weight in the book, which I don't think we need to do, but whatever. I digress on that point. We can't get, we can't win all the time uh, <laughs> or ever uh, <laughs> um, where they cite her weight as like 270 pounds, which I think is stupid to do. But anyways, she's a fat woman and she like, it's a like romance smutty book and she pulls two guys at the same time and she has like double penetrative sex. And it's like, it's real hot in the community. Like this author became like a New York Times bestseller on the uh, smut list. And I'm like, 
great. I want that. Like, <laughs> write me more books about, you know, fat women, you know, pulling. And, and I want not just books about fat women. I want books about super fat women pulling like men and what and and queer women pulling people and like having massive orgies like this is what I want (laughs) so I can think of those unfortunately like not nearly enough of them which is a little disappointing um so if you can think of any please tell me (laughs) now I was gonna mention shrill shrill shriek shrill um I had mixed thoughts about shrill because while she was on this journey to accept herself and own her own sexuality and own her body, she was also begging for crumbs from the... And this are spoilers. Yeah. I'm sorry if you haven't seen the show. This is also season one. Yeah. She was begging for crumbs from the douchebag that she was sleeping with. Yeah, I will say she does start out that way, right? Like... I'm not saying, I didn't say it was a perfect show. Right. <laughs> I, I also want to say, I think that that is part of like the journey to bodily acceptance. And I want to like hit home on acceptance, not body love, because I don't think that we need to love our bodies all the time because like, sorry, <laughs> drinking a cider and I got little burps because I've like pounded it over here. <laughs> don't edit that out, Josh. <laughs> Why did our views go down? You mean our two views? Yeah, Michelle burped on the podcast. (laughs) If that doesn't... (laughs) Sorry, going back. Um, But I think that that's part of the journey of, like, bodily acceptance. Because, like, you don't all... And we're all going to default back to these, like, bad behaviors as well, right? Like, where we're like, I love myself, I like myself, I hate myself, I need people to validate me, I need, I don't need people to validate me. And so, and I think that there's kind of this beauty in that transformation. And I want to be clear, like, I hate that she does it because I'm like, girl, wake up, like, you don't, you don't fucking need this. But at the same point, I do appreciate that it's kind of part of the reality of being a fat person um, existing in the world. Yeah, absolutely. I think not just being a fat person, being a person. <laughs> yeah, uh, seeking acceptance from others, it's, we will default from to that a lot of times. We are social creatures, so it makes sense that you will fall into that. And I guess the more important part is recognizing when you're craving that acceptance from others mm-hmm. and really doing critical thinking on choosing who you choose to get that acceptance from. And is that person valid enough to fulfill that need that you're having at that moment? Yeah. I, I, I will say like that this is where I think we create, like when people are constantly told over and over again, your body isn't, doesn't have value to me because you don't look a specific way. I think that this is where we like also create an opportunity for a cycle of violence against fat people. Right. And I, and I want to recognize that like, this is not just against fat people, but also against people of color. And, um, but I know specifically we're focusing on, on fat people here. Uh, I think that when we tell people over and over and over again, like you don't look a specific way, so you hold no value, then you kind of like fall into these, unfortunately you tend to fall into more situations where like you are more prone to relationship violence. You are more prone to familial violence. You're more prone to, you know, even, 
you know, abuse within your friendships. And I think like the, the intersection of anti-fatness and physical violence is, is really high. It, it, it is unfortunate and it's really high. There was this really great study. I, I want to reference it. Um, fat, fat oppression as a framework for sexual violence against women. Um, and it was out of Duke university and, they they really talked about how like all of these intersections come together as both a fat person, a queer person, a person of color, and how all of these things overlap, but then also how they all lead into this like cycle of violence. It's a long read and it's a lengthy read, but I definitely recommend if you're a nerd like me, uh, <laughs> spending some time going through it because it it's great. Um, and I, I think that they they do a good job talking about how we set fat people up for violence that that's a really great point because you fall into that cycle of not being valued that gets into you and you start to believe it yeah so whenever you're shown a little bit of affection even if it's toxic affection you can latch on to that so that is something to try and deconstruct internally in as well as within the society it has to go both ways uh, and it's very difficult because those are easy cycles to go back to over and over again yeah i um i agree there was this uh great quote out of the uh out of that study um give me one second that i i'm gonna find I put it in a cheat sheet because that's who I am as a human. <laughs> like you just said, you're a little nerdy. I'm a lot nerdy. <laughs> um, get with it. Be a nerd with me. Oh, I'm already a nerd. <laughs> I know. Uh, maybe I didn't put the quote in here. Maybe I just read it and said I should put that in here. But... Uh, <laughs> I guess that's what I did today. It's great suspense. Yeah, great suspense. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. Um, but essentially, like the the long and short of that quote was something about like how, you know, women are like held accountable for their for their bodies. Uh, you know, men not so much, but you know, then fat people are held to a higher standard of holding themselves accountable for their bodies and their health, um, and that like that accountability like can be also a to a very toxic thing. So right. It's a good it's a good quote. Read the paper, find the quote. You'll like it. Email it back to Michelle so she can find no, it. No. <laughs> I have it. I have the paper. <laughs> I just didn't highlight it. That's it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and I don't have time to go through uh not in this episode <laughs> through like 80 pages of a paper <laughs> to find the specific quote. <laughs> nice. Uh, but going back to fatness and sexuality yeah. and trying, to, we laid down the, the groundwork of everything that's wrong. And I think it, would, it wouldn't be fair if we don't talk about how to start converting that into positives or neutrals. Yeah. Um, so what are things that we can do to start moving in the positive direction? Yeah. So there, before we do that, there are two other, or maybe three other things that I want to like, quickly touch upon like when we leave fat people out of the conversation for sex education 
we're also leaving them out of the conversation for like safe sex. So for consent-based sex education, we're leaving them out of the conversation for, uh, you know, STI, HIV testing, right? We're also leaving them um, out of the conversation for contraceptives in general, whether that's birth control, plan B, or, or condoms, or whatever the case may be. When we leave them out of this conversation, I think we create once again, further unsafe spaces for them to exist because we assume that they're not having sex just because they're fat um, or that because their bodies are quote unquote undesirable. Uh, but I think we can start to say, no, that's not the case, right? We can, one very easy example that we can do is we can make sure that the graphics and the imagery that we're using to represent people um, in sex ed classes, right, are inclusive of all body types, whether it's trans, non-binary, uh, or people of color, but also including fat people, images of fat people. When you're in health class, making sure that we're talking about what it means, what a fat body could look like. When doctors are preparing in medical school, making sure that the only patients who are coming through their door are not just thin patients that they're getting to practice on, right? Um, in like gyneco gynecological teaching programs or uh, that it's not just, you know, one specific type that they're getting their hands on, that instead that we are encouraging schools to bring in a wide variety of backgrounds and experiences because only then are we truly preparing these people to have better conversations out in the world with patients with actual patients, but then are we making sure that they're well equipped to treat those patients, right? Um, and I think that's like on the medical front, but like I would want my OBGYN, who's the person who's supposed to help me with my contraceptives and who's supposed to help me with if, if I have PCOS issues or endometriosis concerns or any of those things, um, you know, making sure that they are prepared to actually like handle that. And then little, like, I think little other things, just making sure that we're, you know, obviously pushing for better media representation. I know that this seems like a, like the massive ongoing list, but you would think it's not so hard to just say, I'm going to cast this actor, actress, person because they have skills, not because they're like, a thin person <laughs> because they're, you know, traditionally attractive. <laughs> right. And adding, adding to that a little bit, um, it's super important to, to bring fat people into the conversation. And going back to the show, Cheryl, um, that's where I learned that plan B doesn't work above a certain yeah. weight. Um, I forget what the weight is, but 175, about 75 pounds. I just drooled. <laughs> 175 pounds, yeah. Right, so that's a big deal, a, 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 a ginormous resource for folks that need emergency contraception that is not accessible accessible to them because it's not... Yeah, and this is why I think like the conversation, especially now around abortion, is even more important because I think when we're talking about birth control, and I, I want to be clear, I think that there are some misnomers about like Plan B not working if you're over 175 pounds. I, I think from my understanding that it just doesn't work the same. Like, so I, I think that it is a conversation that everybody has to have with their primary care provider or their OBGYN. Um, and the same for like regular standard uh, 
birth control, for example, like if you're taking just a regular birth control tablet, like it doesn't work, but the mini pill, which is progesterone based, works better in fat people. On the flip side, that progesterone based pill tends to have other side effects. So like I take the mini pill and it like gives me more hairs on my chin. Like I don't give a shit. Like if you don't want to make out with me because I have hairs on my chin, well, you're lost. I'm really good at making out. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's how I feel about it. Like, you know, and um, I think like, anyways, I digress. <laughs> I digress. We're not getting into that. But I think like there, there are other side effects. Like some people experience like worse cramping or like less cramping. Like it just changes people's periods. So I think that there are conversations to be had with medical providers. Um, I can't remember where... Oh, abortion. Uh, I think this is also my point is that like the conversation around abortion has never been more important because if your birth control isn't working the way that you think it's supposed to be working, right? And maybe you don't understand that plan B doesn't work the same, or you don't understand that like your estrogen based birth control is not working the same. Um, and you consensually have sex or unconsensually have sex, uh, or, um, you know, and you suddenly need an abortion, everybody should have access to it, right? And so I think like that's another thing that we can all be doing is making sure to be advocating for access to abortions for all. Yeah. So for you, those of you listening, donate to the abortion funds in your area because they're important, more important now than ever. Mm-hmm. Ridiculously important. Yeah. Um. I was also going to say that there are some really great folks out on like Instagram and like Twitter and the internet that you can be like looking and following because I think that that like I am not a sex educator by any means and I like cannot emphasize that enough. Um, I am just somebody who's like existing in this fat space and like has all of this lived experience. Uh, but there are some really great people out there who I think have also who are certified sex educators um, and who exist in this space. So I, I like, you know, Sana Lee Rachetoire. So they are a uh, clinical social worker, sex therapist uh, and lecturer based out of Philly. But they are they also do talks kind of everywhere. Um, they're the co-owner of Radical Therapy Center. You can find them at sonalear.com, so S-O-N-A-L-E-E-R.com, and they're popularly known as the Fat Sex Therapist on Instagram. Uh, Cecilia, uh, my gosh, who's that? Cecilia um, uh, Valera. Thank you. (laughs) My gosh. Also known as the goddess Cecilia. (laughs) Don't tell her I forgot. I won't tell you that she listens to this. <laughs> <laughs> Cecilia, I'm so sorry. I just have like the biggest brain fart of my life. Uh, <laughs> the uh, goddess Cecilia on Instagram and TikTok uh, is great, is a sex educator and also um, fat Fil- Filipina who just has like great content and great information and also sells amazing sex toys. Um, and then Nat DeFrank, who is a trans fat, uh, trans fat sex educator so you can find them as trans fat sex ed you on instagram but sex is spelled s three the number three x um on instagram and they are a fantastic educator i can't refer i can't recommend them enough so and then there are a lot of like businesses that you can um 
connect with as well. But like follow the people who are doing the work and like pay them to do the work. Okay. <laughs> spend your money. Donate to ship, but also spend your money. <laughs> donate to ship first, then donate to the, to the abortion funds and also support these uh, creators and educators by sending them money too. Yeah. Or buying their toys. Yeah, buy their stuff, send them money. Things. Yeah, <laughs> like they're they're doing the work. They're doing the hard work that like, and they're just amazing people. And they they have taught me so much. So um, a lot of the stuff that I know comes from them because I've been watching them. And uh, my favorite quote, because and I quote this all the time uh, from Cecilia, is that... Uh, you can't use the oppressor's tools because oppression just leads to more oppression, right? Like, and I just like, I live by that, right? Like we shouldn't shame other people's bot. Like don't shame thin people's bodies just because like they're shaming our bodies. Like let's find a way to forge ahead together. Like thin people, fat people should be working together. Abled people, disabled people should be working together to create spaces in the same with uh, black indigenous people of color and white people should be working to make space together for every all of these intersections uh, and we should not be using the oppressor's tools to keep other people's down so um i cannot like for me that that quote was i was like oh my god my god what a <laughs> what a moment <laughs> it is it is powerful in its simplicity yeah where you can squash somebody else to prop yourself up yeah. Regardless of what your um, identities are and your intersection of identities are, you can't be squishing other people and, and putting them down just to prop yourself up. Yeah. yeah. Equity is not pie. Yeah. So there, there is plenty to go up around if we can work to create that society that is equitable to everybody, regardless of your body shape, size, and color. Yeah. Where... I and I would even challenge, like, to say, like, where everybody can have liberation, right? Like, where everybody is free of the expectations that we, like, force on each other, right? Like, and I think that's the biggest part of it for me. Like, I've been in spaces where, you know, I have heard, like, I have never heard this from, like, a, a, I have not heard this from a lot of people in the kink community, but, like, I have heard from people who have looked at like the lifestyle that I lead as a polyamorous kinky person as well. And people are like, well, the only reason you're polyamorous is because like nobody wants to wife you up or like I've, heard... <laughs> yeah, <it's... laughs> Josh is my favorite. Or like the only reason why you practice kink is because like the only way you could like sleep with someone is if you're begging for them. And I'm like, well, but like, I think that we can all be working together where we're like experiencing a liberation where we're like, there are no rules. You don't have to expect anything of me and I don't have to expect anything of you. Like you don't have to like love my lifestyle and I don't have to love your lifestyle, but we can all respect each other's lifestyle and exist in this space. So I think like, that's the thing that I like, that is my dream where like, it just, none of this shit matters anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> So. And, and for the record, that person was wrong. I know they're wrong. <laughs> it's so wrong. Yeah. But I, I, I want the, the, the listeners to know that person's wrong. That's that's not why you kink. Yeah. And that's not why you polyam. Yeah. That's a verb. Yeah. I also, I don't want to be wiped up. <laughs> like, so fine. <laughs> fine. 
but like yeah i agree like that's not why you do any of those things but yeah um i do also like want to say like if you are a fat person you know or even a thin person who's like looking to engage with like more businesses that are in the fat space like i can't recommend like rose academy burlesque enough i love them the work that they do they really focus on like fat people and offer and offering fat burlesque classes and they do some virtually so if you're like i really want to learn how to do burlesque hit them up i stalk them on instagram like nobody's business uh (laughs) i think lotus blooms is great they're based out of dc they're a sex toy shop highly mr sister as well here in providence they're great both of them have tons of options and i feel like that they are non-judgmental and have like a variety of clothing sizes uh, if you're looking for la- lingerie, like an underwear, I can't recommend Parade enough as well as, and I'll spell this for you because I'm crazy, but, and I will, I will unfortunately do my best with pronunciation. Um, you Serana, U-Y-E, Serana, S-U-R-A-N-A. Um, they are a fat clothing line. They do only make sizes up to 5X, but they're a fat lingerie line. And if you're looking for period underwear, period aisle makes... Uh, I think period underwear up to five, six uh, X, which is fantastic. But if you're just looking to engage with more businesses that are like making better products that are like more inclusive, I can't recommend them enough. Yeah, Lotus Blooms is one of my favorites. Yeah, definitely. And they have, they also have a. Well, I'm not sure about their size ranges. Um, I think it varies by piece, but they also sell lingerie in addition to toys and yeah, some kinky stuff. And they also do workshops every once in mm-hmm. a while. So definitely worth checking them out. All of these businesses should sponsor us. They, they should. Uh, we're going to tag them all on this episode. Uh, we're looking for sponsorships for this wonderful podcast. But also, like, I think that this is just another way that we can encourage like better conversation in the fat community and like about fat and what it means to be fat and have sexuality. And like, I think it means that we need to be purchasing from businesses that are doing things more equitably and um, uh, spending money where it is actually intentional. Like, you know, not buying from, uh, you know, Hollister. Well, I haven't bought from Hollister ever, but <laughs> like, don't buy from Hollister yeah. or American Eagle or Place or Victoria's Secret. Like, they don't sell things for fat people. So right. Or there, there was an awful store uh, back in Puerto Rico called Five Seven Nine, yeah. where those were the sizes that they carried. Just five, just five <laughs> seven, and nine. At least you knew what you were getting. Yeah. Um, that was, and if you didn't have clothes from that store, you were bullied at school because that was like the epitome of like standards. It's like you can fit in a five, seven, nine clothing. Yeah. I I hate that. Yeah. (laughs) I I, I don't know if they're still in business. I hope not. Um, but yeah, that was, that was back from the memory banks of me, middle school and in high school. Yeah. Um. We, I just, let's dismantle capitalism, y'all. That's my next goal. <laughs> <laughs> We're working on it. Um, but yeah, like like Michelle said, those are wonderful um, businesses and people to follow um, to create this community that is more equitable um, and more accepting. Acceptant. That's the word. Yeah, accepting. <laughs> accepting. That's the word I'm looking for. Okay. We should not have drank the cider. <laughs> 
were you doing shots before I got here? <laughs> there, there may have been a little bit. Good for um, you. But before we wrap up, um, did we miss any from your notes? Any did notes? we miss anything from my notes? Um, I don't think we missed anything from my notes other than um, I'm excited to be here. I didn't put that in my notes, so really we didn't miss anything. I'm excited to be here. If you listened to this podcast and you made it this far, I'm proud of you. <laughs> it's slightly unhinged, but I yeah, love it. It's it's unhinged. I'm proud of you. I love you. Have a good night. <laughs> Oh, and before we move on, um, another brand that we can mention is Savage Fenty for Setsy Guy and NB underwear. Um, oh, and yeah. they are size inclusive as well. Yeah. Thank you, producer, for that note. <laughs> Thanks, Josh. Our, our producer is Josh, too. Along with the sound engineer and mastermind behind all this. Um, but before we go, uh, since we're both on ship, I am going to do one last thingy yeah. uh that's the word that i'm looking for but look us up on we and um donate um if you are able if not spread the word to all, all your friends all your enemies or your families <laughs> and if you're listening to this before september our annual event is on september 16 it's called curiosities we will have amazing um auction items there we will also have some some shows um the the yeah curiosities is my favorite event this is the first time that we're bringing it back in person um and so there will probably there will be some games i will be the fantastic auctioneer for the evening if you've ever seen me in person or if you've never seen me in person uh you should be there because i'm very good at putting my foot in my mouth uh, and I'm also very good at drinking a little bit too much whiskey before I auction anything off. Um, I also would like to make it known that I am soliciting auction items specifically that I want. So that way I can bid on all of them and take them home. So uh, come try to outbid me or see the things that I want and see maybe you will buy me something nice. <laughs> buy me something pretty. <laughs> Donate on Michelle's behalf. So yeah. we will have both an in-person auction, but we will also have an online auction. Um, and that'll go live a few weeks before um, the 16th. Yeah, I think I'm not sure the timeline for the uh, online auction, but you can definitely uh, make sure to stay on top of our online auction by following us on Instagram at we know ship uh, and making sure to check out our webpage, as Nima mentioned, at we know ship.org. Um, we'll be posting events there and you can sign up. I believe you can sign up for our newsletter on the webpage as well. Um, and so if you the newsletter will also have uh, forthcoming announcements um, right now, up until August. 10th i believe is uh early bird ticket pricing by the way for um the curiosities so if you're listening to this before august 10th which i don't think is happening but if you're listening to this before this will go on the 6th on the 11th august 15th early bird oh, oh august, august 15th. 15th i was like i don't know what you're telling me <laughs> this is 6 <laughs> august 15th not the 10th <laughs> Uh, you can get that. So if you're listening to this before the 15th, you can get your early bird pricing tickets. Uh, 
And then you can come see me make a fool out of myself. You can come say hello to me in person. Tell me how much you love this episode. And this is your favorite episode ever. Yeah. And then you can go and say hi to me. I'll be there as well. Yeah, um, okay. <laughs> I'm kind of okay. And if you want to donate to SHIP, you can also go to our website at weknowship.org or um, follow us in, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at WeKnowShip. Uh, we are everywhere. And hopefully you like us or heart us. You will like us. Yeah, you will like us. All right. Um, after this wonderful in-person podcast, thank you so much for coming to our podcast. It was long overdue. I know. It was great. I'm very excited. Uh, invite me back for a million more. I don't know what else I'll talk about. but <laughs> We'll find something. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Good night, everyone. Hey everyone, SHIP will never stop creating spaces that provide opportunities to engage in candid, shame-free conversations about sexuality, and we are committed to building a more sexually literate society so that more of these spaces can exist. In order to do that, we need your help. Consider joining the Sex Ed Squad by visiting weknowship.org. Our Sex Ed Squad members are the very foundation of our work, because changing our sex-negative culture requires a long-term strategy in your long-term investment. All gifts, no matter the size, have an impact. You've been listening to Virgin Territory, a podcast by SHIP, a nonprofit organization dedicated to providing culturally inclusive, medically accurate, and pleasure-guided sexuality education, therapy, and professional training to adults. You can visit us online at weknowship.org.